for coaches, by coaches, this is Soccer Chat with Nick Rizzo and Sean Sauterly, brought to you by social media for high school athletes. What's up, everybody? This is Soccer Chat, your weekly coaching podcast brought to you every single week by tons of Soccer Chat friends. That's right. We here at Soccer Chat are members of Dutick Brand FC. Check them out, dutickbrand.com, for all your coaching accessory needs. They've got fantastic notebooks. My personal favorite is the trainer. All of them are waterproof now. Fantastic training session cards you can use as well, including a super dope T-shirt and some amazing beanies. Go check it out. They'll even put your logo on the front of your notebook for you as well. Dutickbrand.com, dutickbrand.com, dutickbrand.com. Use the promo code SOCCERCHAT at the end to get yourself a sweet discount. All thanks to Nick Rizzo. But, but use that at dutickbrand.com. Use the promo code SOCCERCHAT. Get your discount and get the best coaching accessories you can have. Speaking of coaching accessories, you got to get the Torx ball pump. Nick's got one. I've got one. Our friend Don Crow has one. Our friend Ian Wilson has one. We know lots of you out there who have Torx, and we've got to continue spreading the message. Let everyone know Torx is the absolute best ball pump that you can get, that you'll ever get, ever get. You got to check it out. T-O-R-R-X. Check them out on Twitter. T-O-R-R-X Soccer. It's the most amazing ball pump. We even did a little unboxing video on Soccer Chat. Check it out over on our Facebook page. It's absolutely incredible. My kids love it. My players love it. And I love it as well. Big shout out to our friends over at Soccer IQ. Those guys hook you up every single week with an amazing question in our weekly Twitter chats. So make sure to give Ellis Riley and the guys over there a nice big old shout out. He's Nick. I'm Sean. Nick. Well, if, if you happen to be sleeping last night during a Twitter chat, big, big announcement. Yeah. No, I mean, again, I text you right afterwards. I thought you did. An awesome job. I never know, like, when you tell me to send you stuff, like, what the final product is going to be. So I, it was it was super exciting to, like, actually know what was going on. Well, I the, for me, it was, uh, sometimes I just get wild hairs. And, and I, we were kind of talking before we recorded was uh, I sent you kind of like a blueprint of what I wanted to do. And then literally the last day I changed my mind on what I wanted to do with it. Um, actually, let me phrase that two days ago, because uh, in the video, uh, you see Nick and myself. And yesterday it popped in my mind. I was like, all right, Nick, I need you to send this to me. I know it's your birthday, but I need you to send me this video because uh, I want to have it done by tomorrow. And uh, on my way from training, which I got done at eight o'clock, Nick sends me the video. I was like, all right, crunch time. I got this uh, and got it put together uh, during the Twitter chat. And so it was able to be put out there to the masses. And if you haven't heard, go check it out. Uh, Soccer Chat Live coming back to you from Podcast Row at the United Soccer Coaches Convention in Baltimore in January of 2020. And we are so, so excited to be back. Oh, I mean, it is. I mean, it, last year, again, was my first convention. And so it was just a ton of fun to actually be there and experience it for the first time. It's you always hear about it, and like until you actually experience it, you don't really know. I mean, we were—I I was joking with someone after that. Like, I think I went home the final day and just like sat by myself for like a day because we were talking to people for like seventy-two hours straight. It was—it <laughs> was absolutely nuts. And you didn't want to talk to anybody else. I just—I—I I had had because I'm an extroverted introvert. You know, like I sometimes I just need my me time and. Yeah. I, I got done with that and I was like, man, that was all the fun I needed for a weekend. I need to go like sit by myself for a little bit. Or is that because you were in a super cram packed hotel room? 
I mean, we did have four or five people in that room. I don't remember. Five people. Five, five people in that yeah. room. Yeah, no, it was pretty. I mean, we got we got real cozy. I would say. Well, we're we're excited. You know, get your calendar set for January in 2020. If you haven't planned on going to Baltimore to the United Soccer Coaches Convention, go ahead and make plans now. If you thought last year, last year was fun, wait till we get a hold of this year. Uh, Nick and I were kind of joking. We were trying to get everything set up for it. Um, that we found out maybe like a couple months before uh, the convention last year because they just decided to start doing this podcast row. Now we find out uh, actually last month. And we have so much time to plan. Uh, I think, uh, you know, I've kind of told Nick some of the stuff that, that I've got in my mind, but I think we've got some good stuff planned and, uh, and cooking that people are really going to enjoy. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, again, it was, last year was definitely a surprise. I mean, and this year is obviously a really pleasant surprise as well, but it, it'll, I, it's gonna, I think it's going to be even better this year because we have, what four months to get everything settled as opposed to one or one and a half. And I, so yeah. I think, I think we got some special things that we got, we're going to get to put together. A lot of sleepless nights last year planning oh. for convention. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> mostly for you cause you did all of it. I just, I was just a, a friendly passerby that got to ride your coattails a little bit. But uh, yeah, we've got some cool stuff. Be uh, be on the lookout uh, for the show announcements. Those will be coming out here pretty soon. We do have one show confirmed. Uh, so make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. You are subscribed on Twitter. That's where you just hit that blue button of the bell with a plus sign on it. That way you get all the notifications every time Soccer Chat has a post. We're on Instagram now. I don't know why, but we're doing it. We're on the IG. Uh, it's at Chat Soccer, no E, just like it is on Twitter and on Facebook. Uh, we'll put our stuff on there as well. Um, so keep tuned to those pages, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. For the latest announcements, if you haven't seen the video yet, you're listening to this right now, go watch the video. It's kind of cool. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm proud of it. Um, but what I also want to do was have people shoot us a message of someone that you would like to see on a live show at Baltimore uh, at the United Star Coaches Convention. If there's a coach that you know that's going to be there or maybe you're a coach that's going to be there and you want to be on one of the live shows, get in touch with us. Uh, the DMs, as Adrian said last week, DMs wide open. Uh, slide on in there and and let us know, because uh, we do have uh, a couple of shows lined up, and we're, we're going to be scheduling more uh, as we get closer to uh, to the day. But, um, you know, Nick, if there was, if you could have a dream person show up to our table at Podcast Row at the United Soccer Coaches Convention, who would that person be? Whoever gets announced as the next women's national team coach. Ooh, quality. <laughs> I like that. I like that. So, um, well, Kate Mark Graff, you know who it is right now. So you just need to get in touch with Nick, let him know who you're going to hire, and then make sure that person is at our table. Yeah, no, I mean, like, they, they kind of went through, uh, like, the, the people that they thought were going to be during the women's national team game yesterday. So it was uh, – yeah, whoever ends up being the finalist, I think they, I think they said they have like nine finalists. Like okay. they're they're kind of narrowing it down between. So yeah, if you could, whoever ends up being that person, if you could just uh, stop by our table um, and just say hi and let uh, me fanboy a little bit, that would be super special. Um, because I th I think uh, I think you would enjoy your your conversation with me and Sean. Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you think we need to do another meet and tweet in Baltimore? 
I think that, yeah, I want it to be bigger, bigger than last year even. And then we will, we will absolutely probably do another bar crawl at at some (laughs) point on one of the nights. That was actually a ton of fun. For those who stuck around for that, you guys are the best. I really appreciate all of you because that was so much fun. We, uh, if, if you're, if you're listening to this and you're one of the vendors and you're going to be having a social get together, why not bring in a soccer chat boys? We'll bring a crowd. We'll do a show, uh, from your social, just get in touch with us. Uh, we would be more than happy to bring a live show to your social at the United soccer coaches convention in Baltimore. So don't hesitate to reach out. You want a crowd. We'll bring it because you know, we're going to promote it. Uh, so if you are, uh, if you've already scheduled yourself a social and you want to add some more, uh, pizzazz to it, you want to add a little fun, little entertainment, then holla at your boys over at soccer chat and we will make our way, uh, to, to bringing more attention to your company, man. I like, I don't know how much else is there to go into this week other than your season got started. You played a uh, soccer chat alum, Kobe Quinn's got her first game on Saturday. Uh, I, I'm what a week it is so far. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, it was nuts. I mean, like, it's kind of crazy to get started in the season. I mean, honestly, we, we, we tied Kobe on the road, which I, we normally get smacked by central. So that was a, that was a, I, I don't know. Like, I don't, like, I don't know about you, but like ties are just so weird because there's ties that feel like wins, ties that feels like losses. And then ties that just feel like nothing. And that tie just kind of felt like it was just a fun soccer game. Like, I don't feel good about it. I don't feel bad about it. I just, like, I just got to watch a good soccer game the other day, which is pretty cool. But after getting smashed by them every year, don't you view that tie as a win? I mean, like, I, I, it should, I should. I don't know why I don't. Like, I don't, like, I, I was joking with my assistant, Reese, the other day where it's like, I, like, I go, did that feel like a win to you and she's like i don't know kind of and i go i don't know why i don't feel like good about it i don't like i don't feel bad about it i just feel like very i mean they beat us 3-0 two years ago 4-1 at our place last year and this year we we're 1-1 and it, like we played 25 kids in the game like we we got a lot of bodies through and like i don't know i just feel very okay about it and i don't know why well you know what i feel more than okay about it's our interview this week and uh, you're really going to like it. Very interesting, very uh, informational young man making his ways across the seas. And uh, we're going to bring that up to you right after this. Hello, my name is Amanda Blackburn, and I run a top soccer program in Sedalia, Missouri. I was inspired to start a program when I saw a very special young man named TJ playing for our local team. TJ has some physical challenges and was selected by his fellow teammates to take a penalty kick in a game. TJ missed his first attempt. The opposing players didn't take advantage like they could have. They gave TJ another chance. He missed again. Once again, the other team gave him another chance. By this time, the entire fans of both teams held their breath. The third time was a charm. TJ scored and received a standing ovation from everyone. Seeing how this interaction among his peers made such a positive impact in everyone around him inspired me to take action to serve those players who didn't have the same opportunity as TJ to play soccer. With the support of Missouri Youth Soccer and USU Soccer, we put together a local top soccer program. The program is currently in its fifth year now and it continues to grow in size each season. If you are involved in soccer, I urge you to look at how you can serve others and meet a need in your community with Top Soccer. 
Everyone, players, and volunteers will be inspired by being a part of this wonderful program. Don't wait another second. Start or get involved with the Top Soccer program in your community today. Every week, new names, new faces, new stories, and we're just super excited. Uh, I feel like the since the summer, a lot of people that we've had on have been people that uh, I've had the opportunity to uh, link up with uh, the summer at Exact Camp. And I can't uh, can't brag enough about uh, the guys at Exact Sports for always getting uh, the connections and networks going. But uh, we have with us from East Tennessee State University, uh, Josh Scott, the assistant coach there. Uh, Josh, I got to work with him in Atlanta this summer, and Josh had actually reached out to us uh, about wanting to do the show. And it was so cool to put uh, actually meet the person uh, before getting on the show with us. And we're super excited to have Josh with us this evening. Josh, how are you doing, man? Yeah, I'm doing good, mate. I'm doing good. I uh, appreciate you guys uh, letting me come on and uh, speak to you guys. Obviously, just following what you guys are doing uh, and the content you're putting out there, it's a great opportunity for myself to kind of get involved, you know, and obviously meeting yourself over the summer. Um, I'm always looking to kind of share my journey, you know. I enjoy nothing more in life than someone from the other side of the pond referring to me as mate. <laughs> I don't know what okay, it is. So. Well, it's good because here in East Tennessee, everyone thinks I'm from Australia. So, you know, you know, you know uh, what? Shout out to all my all my Tennessee friends, but I don't I I'm not surprised by that. Yeah, I know. It's like I've been in East Tennessee nearly uh, 15 years now. And uh, being from London, England, I've definitely uh, been Americanized. But for some <laughs> reason, every time I speak to someone here in Tennessee, they always think I'm from Australia. So it's <laughs> I'm not sure what I'm doing wrong, if I'm honest. Do you ever have to like give him a, a history lesson about you know that, that, that there was a there's this place called England that used to own us? Yeah, well, I try to, but you got to be careful, you know. Obviously, yeah. uh, you know when I, if I open that can of worms, I always end up losing that that conversation. <laughs> if I'm honest, so. that's uh, that's very true. Uh, so one thing about soccer chat is to know who you are, the coach. Now we kind of got to know. Uh, how you got to where you are now. So you mentioned, you know, being in, in ten- the Tennessee area for the last 15 so years. Uh, you know, how did you get to where you're at now in your coaching journey? Yeah, so it's 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 been a bit of a, a kind of a, a roadmap, if I'm honest. It's, you know, I came over to America in 2005, 2006, um, and I went to a small JUCO, you know, coming over as an older freshman, as a student athlete, it, it was an opportunity that I didn't want to turn down. I was kind of in and around uh, Premier League academies, uh, non-league, semi-pros, playing in kind of, you know, the conference, um, a little bit of League One, went over to Scandinavia, just trying to follow that playing dream. Um, and then I realised that I need to give her Amer- America a go. And obviously at that time, you know, there wasn't really an age limit on playing Juco <laughs> or NEIA. And, 
with my playing background, I wasn't eligible for NCAA. So I went to a small JUCO just outside Knoxville, Tennessee here. Um, and then I did two years there. Um, and then I, I went to Milligan College, um, which is also located um, just a few miles from East Tennessee State, actually. Uh, graduated from Milligan. Um, after graduating from Milligan, I was kind of thrown at the deep end. Um, at the time, I was the captain at Chattanooga Football Club CFC in the MPSL, um, playing a pretty good level of football there. And at the same time, I was also kind of part-time assistant um, slash kind of the only assistant at Emory and Henry College, a D3 school. Um, and then with, literally within six months, I'm kind of like the interim head coach. Um, and then, you know, I, I kind of go through all my immigration, get my work visa. Um, and then I'm at Emory and Henry for a little bit. And then I go to Tusculum, um, Tusculum College, Tusculum University. Um, and then after Tusculum, um, I was, you know, I was think I was there for about a year and I was very grateful to have the opportunity to work with a guy who's now the technical director at Charleston Battery for four and a half years. And we ran a club and coached the MPSL and did all the Super 20 and Super Y and USL here in Knoxville. Um, and then after that, I took the job at Longwood, a um, little short stint at Longwood there as a top assistant. Um, and then I came back to Tusculum as the associate head coach, was there uh, for just under five years. And then I took the job at ETSU as the assistant coach and recruiting coordinator about 18 months ago. So um, it's been a, been a bit of a journey. Um, you know, I, I always say that uh, it definitely made me a better person coming to America, especially, you know, going through all kind of the, the stops that I had and all the obstacles that I had. And it's definitely made me a better person, a better coach at the end of the day. And it's just, it's something that I'm always forever grateful for, you know? I think I speak for all of us knowing, you know, London and that area as as well as as we do. How does East Tennessee area attract young Josh Scott? Do you know what? It is completely random. Um, I can remember, you know, arriving at the airport here in Knoxville, Tennessee um, and turning up um, at Helwassie College which actually doesn't even exist no more. Um, and it was probably the probably the biggest culture shock of my life. I can remember getting on the phone to my mum as like a 20, 21-year-old thinking, what have I got myself into? Um, you know, I've come from, you know, bouncing around different academies in England, being a pro out in Scandinavia for 18 months, you know, playing in senior football leagues. And now all of a sudden I'm playing Juco football um, outside of Knoxville, Tennessee, probably the worst facilities I've ever seen. Um, but, you know, I, I stuck at it and, it and it turned into a situation where it was about the people, you know, the people that I was around, what made it what it was, you know. And uh, there was a guy called Jamie Bennett who actually helped me come from England. Um, he's very heavily involved in kind of a lot of non-league stuff in England. Um <laughs> And uh, I can remember having a couple of guys from University of Niagara, Fairfield University, um, you know, Dave Sexton, who was at Lewisburg for a long time, now at Georgia Perimeter. These guys were like over in England, sitting in my living room, trying to recruit me. And obviously, because of my background, it just looked like I had to go to a JUCO. So that's how I ended up going to Alwasi, um, you know, so. Like, I, I just, I feel like i i hear the old story of uh of i can't remember the the celebrity but was trying to figure out where he wanted to live and he grabbed five random places in america put them all up on a dartboard and just threw a dart and whichever yeah. one he was closest to was where he ended up moving so i have a feeling like 
you have all these various offers to come to America. You just throw them all up on a board. You throw the dart, and it just happens to be Knoxville, Tennessee. Yeah, exactly. And it was so funny because at the time, you know, growing up in England, you know, you're watching all these American shows thinking, oh, my goodness, America looks amazing. You know, I remember <laughs> it was like, you know, watching like Laguna Beach, you know, thinking, oh, yeah, that looks amazing. I'm going to California. That's like 10% of America. Yeah. And then I end up, and then, you know, because I, at that time I have no clue what I'm coming to, right? And I end up in uh, East Tennessee, kind of in the mountains, you know, but, uh, you know, I, I don't have no regrets. It, it was amazing for me on a, on a personal level. So I always think about that, the, the journey. I mean, we've had a lot of uh, fellow Brits on the show and, and the places where they all have ended up. Um, you know, coming to here from, from over there. And I always find it interesting. Like, okay, you said, you know, most of them, they see the Laguna beaches, they see the, uh, the real housewives of Beverly Hills and things like that. And that's their, like, in that's their, their vision of America and these cities, I don't want to say these towns that they're finding yeah. themselves going to. And it's like a complete culture shock for them. So I can only imagine, especially like in the London area, um, like that's just, uh, you know, just something that's especially like Knoxville, Tennessee. So if, how was that like that culture shock for you at the beginning? Yeah, well, it was obviously, you know, I was quite independent because obviously I was an older freshman. So it was a situation where when I came out here as a freshman in college, I already kind of lived on my own. I already kind of like left home. You know, I've already lived in another country. Um, you know, I was born in London, um, but I kind of I was kind of spent a lot of my teenage years in the middle. Derby, Nottingham, because I had a I had a short stint at uh, um, a few clubs, Mansell Town, Derby County, um, you know, Burton Albion, um, and then I was playing at a club called Hucknall Town at the time that was in the Conference, the League Below League Two, where I was on a contract, Ilkeston Town, you know, so I was very independent. So when I came over to America, um, it was just another adventure for me. It was just something that was basically, you know, I needed I needed a fresh start, you know. Um, you know, you, you chase your dream for so for so long, and it's kind of like, you know, this is this is just not realistic no more. You know, I've I've had the bad injuries. You know, I've earned good money out of the game as a player, and at the end of the day, it was just I need to go and get educated. Um, I need to go and you know spread my wings a little bit more and go and see what America's got to offer. So it was a big culture shock because I came from a an environment and a culture where it was very kind of hustle and bustle. You know, kind of. You know, you're kind of on your own trying to achieve your dreams. And when you come to a place like East Tennessee, you know, especially in the southeast, you know, everyone's extremely kind and caring and thoughtful. And I can remember sitting in a in a class, my biology class at Hawassi College. And I'm like, you know, 20, 21 years old. And I had a really bad toothache. And I'll never forget this. And I tell this story all the time is I had a really bad toothache sitting in my class. My biology teacher completely stopped the class and took me to the dentist. And I thought, something's not right here. I've, no one's ever done something that kind for me, you know. And she, like, paid for my bill, took care of wow. everything, you know. And I was just like, thank you so much. And she's like, well, you know, you're not, you know, you're not with your family no more, so we're your new family. And I think from that day, I thought to myself, I'm definitely in a good place. And you That's know, super uh, cool. Yeah, it was. And it was something that, you know, no one's ever really done anything like that for me before. So it kind of went a long way, you know that's a such a great story like that's just hearing something like that and thinking about you know how a couple weeks ago we had uh, manny martins from university of oregon on and then he comes to america on his own um and you know lives with uh lives with his, uh, the the 
the pastor that uh, you know converted his mother and and you yeah. know the things that they did for him. You know, and we mentioned too about uh, when, when we talked to him. He said, you know, c- growing up in Europe, his idea of American soccer, the level of not being that good compared to where he was from. So obviously playing at such a high division and, and the high levels that you played in, what was yeah. your initial impression coming over here and the, the level of play that you, you saw when you first got over here? Yeah. So, you know, that's a good question. Obviously I tell, I tell people all the time, I think one of my probably unique kind of insights to fingers, you know, I've played Juco soccer. I've played NEIA soccer I've coached Division Three. I've coached Division Two. I've coached Division One. I've coached Super Y, Super Twenty, MPSL. You know, I've kind of seen every kind of different type of landscape. And when I first came over here, you know, um, especially at the JUCO level, it was it, it wasn't necessarily the the great teams that I was seeing. But at the JUCO level, especially back then, you know, you were seeing like full on pros um, yeah. and older guys. Where I'm thinking like these guys could be playing in like league one, league two in England, you know, especially when I went to the NEIA, you know, when we're playing like the, the Rio Grandes, the, the, the Mobiles, you know, the Lindsay Wilsons, you know, and they've got these players from all over the world. And I'm thinking like these individual players are probably just the same or if not better than what I've come from. It's just, you know, in England, the levels that I've come from, there was a little bit more continuity and consistency and the facilities and the professionalism, you know, so it was kind of like a situation where everyone's just trying to like kick on the the, the playing Juco ball, NEIA ball to use the, these things as stepping stones, right? So, yeah. you know, I, at, at the time I started embracing it and I was, see, I was trying to give my playing career a second chance. And then, you know, when I, when I transferred to Milligan College, which is a very tough academic school, um, you know, I think it was probably my junior year where I'm just like, you know, coaching is my future. I knew I was always going to coach, you know. When I was in the academy in England, you know, it's mandatory for every academy player to do your FA level one, level two, level three through the English FA. So I always had that kind of thought in my head that I'd always want to coach. But, you know, it was really kind of when I when I was out here and kind of seeing the opportunities and, and what my, my my life could look like is was like kind of, you know, for so long I wanted to play football at a high level but then you know I thought to myself I wanted to be a product of America as a coach and I thought that was quite a unique outlook as I was a product of England as a player but what an exciting time to be part of the coaching world here in America as it's transitioning and trying to better itself where I can grow with it you know so that's exactly what I've done. Well, you kind of you kind of open up. I know one of Nick's questions is, you know, when was that moment that when you know what, Nick, I'll let you ask your typical, you know, when did you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I my One of my go to's always is like, when did that transition happen when you figured out like, hey, this is something I want to do. Like, this is this is what I'm going to make my life. Yeah. So, you know, I think, you know, when I when I graduated from um, Milligan, um, you know, I, I had some good friends around me that. You know, I was playing PDL, um, you know, at the time I was at Fort Wayne Fever. And then um, after that, I was playing for Chattanooga Football Club. And obviously, you know, we experienced so much success at CFC in the MPSL, you know, playing the DC United's and the FC Atlas in front of crowds of like nine, ten thousand people. And, and you guys know that whole journey there with CFC. It's just completely blew up here in America for MPSL. And then when I was at Emory and Henry and I was part time just kind of trying to keep both 
kind of journeys alive. Um, I can remember driving in my car uh, to Chattanooga um, from Emery and Henry, and I can, ima- I can remember getting a phone call um, from a guy called Derek Broadley, um, who was the technical director of Bermuda at the time and was the academy director at Crystal Palace for like 14 years. And he just took the job at the Knoxville Force, the MPSL team. And he, and, I, and he was like, I know that you're playing at Chattanooga, but you know the league and I know you're a young coach trying to kind of learn the ropes. Um, are you interested in being my assistant? And literally I turned my car around and I, my car was completely full. Like you couldn't see through the windows or anything. You know, I was kind of like traveling back and forth, living that coach's life at Emory and Henry, then trying to still pursue dreams as a player. And I literally turned my car around, went back to Knoxville, you know, and lived on a couch for like two months and kind of really kicked off my career coaching the Knoxville Force and the NPSL. And then like shortly after, you know, I think where I really kind of knew that I had a good thing going on is when, you know, I had had the opportunity to work with different mentors and and really make a living out of the game Um, because I thought to myself, I have a chance to really kind of give back here. You know, America is my future. This is where I want to be. Um, and I think I can literally remember getting off the exit and just literally having that feeling inside saying, I've hung my boots up. I'm not playing no more. And it was just a complete impulsive decision where Chattanooga think they're getting their starting right back back and, and they don't. I'd literally turn around on the highway, come back to Knoxville and, and that's where it all started. What uh, you mentioned like uh, with the academies that, you know, having to do the FA licensing and stuff like that. And yeah. I think that's where I, you see some places in America where, where, where we're having the high school kids take like an e-course or a grassroots thing if, if they're working with like a, a rec program or something like that, just to give them kind of like yeah. a foundation to start off with. Even though it was years after doing that, those courses, uh, when you got into the, the coaching here in America, how much of those honestly helped you? And, and, I'm, and I'm not saying this in a negative way, but how much did it yeah. really prepare you for that first coaching job and those first steps in, in getting your licensing in America for coaching? Yeah, to be honest with you, like, you know, it, it, it helped me to a certain point where I kind of had an idea of, you know, the, a certain type of standard, you know, of coaching. Yeah. Where, you know, when we all start our coaching careers, when we very first step onto the field and coach, you know, we all think about doing the sessions that we did as a player, right? And then mm-hmm. we develop our coaching acumen from there. And then we get our session plans and then we steal other people's sessions and then we go and do courses. And, you know, I can remember, you know, really running my first sessions, you know, 10, 11 years ago. And it was like, you know, this is all I know. This is all I know. And these are the ones that I was doing as a player, you know. And so really, I don't know if it really helped me, but I think what it did is it kind of it, it exposed me to um a certain standard of this is what a coaching course looks like this is what you have to do this is kind of to better yourself this is kind of what it looks like um but to be honest with you you know i did him as a player where it was kind of mandatory part of the college uh, curriculum when you was doing your education um so it was more of the, the social skills it was more of getting out of there on the field and having the confidence to to coach amongst your peers and stuff like that so it helped a little bit um but i think a lot of it just came that kind of came down to like dipping your toe in and having that confidence to jump back out there because 
you know, at the time, you know, you're in a completely different environment in another country, you know, different philosophies, different ways of looking at things. So, you know, I had to kind of adapt and adjust and kind of really be that sponge and open myself up to like learn. Um, so I, I say it helped me probably about 30, 40%, but yeah. I always knew that, you know, the, the type of player that, that you're coaching in England was, was probably going to be a little bit different to the type of player that you're coaching here in America. And it was, um, as I've kind of worked at all different levels, you know, I would feel like it'd kind of be like a, uh, the equivalent to like a driver's ed course, like, especially like as, as a player, a younger player and taking these coaching courses, you know, it's just kind of like that, like, Hey, before you start driving, here's what you need to know about the road and, and cars and stuff like that. Um, when yeah. did you, you just in the, in the 20 minutes that we've been talking, you sound like if there ever was a person that would be like the poster boy poster boy for like, I, I almost feel like, like I love America. Like I feel like you have this like massive connection from the moment you stepped off that plane and just sure. the, the experiences that you've had at Tennessee with the professor taking you to the, to the dentist and, and you know, yeah. the, the love that you have found for, for America. Do you, do you find yourself like maybe with friends back home, just be like, Hey, like you've got to try You've got to come over here. You've got to try this. Yeah, no. So exactly. So, you know, I'm a, I'm a big believer in, in anything that you do, you've got to do it um, 110% and you've got to believe in it, you know? And I think over my years here in America, um, I've been extremely grateful, you know, coming from a background in England where, you know, you're kind of really, kind of hustling and bustling and trying to do everything you can to achieve something with not much support you know coming from a situation where I'm from a family at the time it was from a, a single mom you know with brothers yeah where we're, we're, we're trying to make things work and we're trying to achieve our dreams you know so when I came to America it was kind of completely you know something that my family would never would have expected you know I was very much you know, always wanting to be with my brothers, always wanting to be around my family back in England. I was like one of the boys. I was I was always the guy that was watching the Premier League games back home, you know. And I kind of just kind of just jumped in with two feet really. And when I came here, um it, it just I felt like it just made me a better person quite quickly in the sense of it opened my eyes to seeing how other people live and seeing what they do and and the opportunities out here and you know, I didn't want to be that guy that was like, oh, I've got an accent, so I want to be given this job or that job. I wanted to make sure I worked for everything that I did. Um, and, and I am. I'm extremely grateful. Like I said, I think, you know, America's definitely put me in a position where I, I, I can achieve so much. And like I said, I've definitely become a product of the American game. You know, this is my home. This is my, my life. This is my future. So, you know, I love England. You know, when I speak to people back in England, you know, it's hard. It's hard in Great Britain. It's hard in Europe, you know, and, and I want to see young men better themselves. I want to see young men, you know, begin new chapters of their life and go on a journey where, where it takes courage and confidence to step outside that box to go and spread their wings. Because, you know, it's not easy over in England. It's not easy over in Europe. It's so saturated, um, you know, and when you look at the stats of how many players get signed pro contracts or how hard it is to, you know, get on coaching courses and how expensive everything is. Um, it's some, sometimes it's just not realistic yeah. to flourish in England like it is here in America. 
reason, every couple weeks we'll have some obscure wrestling reference. But I feel like your story is very similar to um, young Japanese professional wrestlers. And <laughs> this totally makes sense once, once I mention because whoever, everybody who's listening to this as right long, now, as like, long as I don't look like him, I'm okay. <laughs> I'm not, some of them dudes are pretty jacked up. Um, yeah, they are jacked. Yeah. So, so in 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 the Japanese wrestling culture is you you go to wrestling school you learn in the in the dojos and you learn how to be a pro wrestler and when you when you work the shows in Japan they they keep it very simple you can only wear black trunks and you can only do like three moves and then they make every young wrestler go on what they call an excursion and the young wrestler has to travel to a different country and stay there for a year and learn like that country's style of performing mm. and it, it 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 makes them grow as a performer makes them grow as, as an entertainer grows as an sure. athlete so that way when they come back they've got this whole like bigger knowledge of their their art so i feel like in in a way you you have you are in your excursion uh and and in your time and your excursion here have just made it home because you've gained so much knowledge from the opportunity that was given from you coming over here, trying to learn compared to being back home. Exactly. Exactly. And that, and that's what it is. Right. So, you know, I think here in America, you know, one thing that I've found is, you know, if you, if you're willing to accept the journey, um, and focus on the journey and just not the destination, it's a situation where if you're okay, with jumping through the hoops and and being yeah. patient and buying your time and learning and and kind of making sure you put yourself around good people and find good mentors you know you will get your break you know and that's kind of where I'm at you know it's kind of I've had fantastic jobs fantastic opportunities to work with great people all levels here in America um I'm in a job that I, I love um and and it's definitely kind of I've been nurtured you know that's basically yeah. what it puts down to I've been nurtured to where I am today you know I, I feel like you in your time in Tennessee have gotten the full southern hospitality experience exactly and that's what it's always that's what it just comes down to right so you know you've hit the nail on the head there for sure with uh you know obviously you've been doing uh more licensing here in America and and when I, anytime we have people on who have done the FA or UEFA's or the Canadians yeah. uh all those stuff we always ask about like the differences like the the similarities the differences the pros and cons of each one so you know as somebody who who grew up in the FA doing the FA licenses and the modules and things along those lines how do you or maybe you know and I I can't think off the top of my head like how far um you know, along in the FA that you've done, but I know in, in the, the States you've done a uh, very extensive work uh, with licensing. Yeah. Um, so what has been, you know, the, the similarities between FAs and, and the stuff you've done here in America, what's been the differences and what's been the pros and cons of either one? Yeah, to be honest with you, it's, it's such a, that's such a, a broad subject because it's kind of, you know, here in America, I've found definitely, I've definitely been drawn towards kind of a lot of work with the United soccer coaches. Right. So, um, you know, right now, like I'm one of the guys that kind of goes in and evaluates candidates that are doing their national or advanced or premier and kind of go in, in their own environment for their last phase of their course, uh, where they can pass or, or fail. Um, and I basically kind of go in and do that evaluation as a course evaluator, but those courses, were unbelievable experiences for me you know when I did the 
the, I think it was the very first DOC course for the United Soccer Coaches at University of Delaware, that completely blew me away. You know, it was so coaching friendly, you know, um, you know, it, it felt like there was a, a sense of togetherness there. You know, it wasn't about calling somebody out. It wasn't about exposing somebody. It was literally all about some, you know, a little bit of a brotherhood, really, kind of all like looking out for each other and making sure we're all getting better. Um, you know, what I've experienced back in England, back in the early days, obviously I've been out here nearly 15 years now. So, you know, back in England, it was a little bit kind of, a little bit different in the sense of um, it was harsh at times. You know, you, you, you didn't feel like, you know, you someone had your back or, you know, it was about learning. It was literally about, are you an ex-pro? You know, what's your credibility? Are you going to help the brand? You know, um, you know, here in America, I think United Soccer Coaches have done an unbelievable job, you know, putting a platform out there for every Absolutely. level of coach, you know, every level of coach. It doesn't matter what age or gender they're working with. And I've really kind of been drawn to that. And that's why I did literally every course with them um, because it was something that helped me learn. And at the time, I was okay with that because, you know, I felt like I was going through something a little bit unique in the sense of I was working alongside someone like Derek Broadley. I was working along someone like Peter Mello when I was a national staff coach for USL and doing all the super wise, super 20 stuff in the, the combines and, you know, all the OD, national ODP programs with Peter Mello and Paul Buckle, who was at Sacramento and, then he was at Southampton recently. Aiden Davison, who's now the coach at SC Pune in the Indian Super League. All these guys, you know, that I've been around and that's, that's helped me, you know. And, you know, someone like Alan Battelle, who's been very successful at the Division Two level. You know, um, you know, someone like, you know, David Casper, who I work with now, who's put his time in, you know, 10 years in the college game, been at University of Kentucky, you know, and he's really helping me see things that I've maybe not seen before because he's been in that division one level longer, you know? So yeah. you know, going back to the courses, I think it was a situation for me where I was accepted onto the, the UEFA international license with the Irish FA um, about 18 months ago. Um, and I was scheduled to fly out there and then I took the ETSU job and division one, we start kind of like last week of July with the captain's uh, yeah. practice. So I couldn't, I couldn't do it, but that's, that's definitely something that's going to be completed uh, in, in the near future. So I'm curious to see what the difference is now. I've come from England. I've come to America. I've, I've seen all the different environments and the landscape. And now then going back over to Great Britain and, and kind of having that opportunity to now do like a true comparison, you know? Yeah, it's cool that you mentioned the United Star Coaches thing. Because that's the one thing I've noticed. Coaches I've talked to who are from outside of America and just how much they love United soccer coaches. Yeah. And they love the convention. They love the courses. They love just everything that it provides because that's something that you don't get exactly. uh, in Europe, which is so, I mean, like if you really want to think about it, it's just because I know how much convention has grown in the, you know, just in the 10 years that I've been attending, um, how much it's grown because of so many people from overseas are now coming over because they have nothing like that where they're from. It boggles my mind that, you know, here in America, we're not like, you know, soccer is not our top thing, but yet here we have this thing that people from these other countries where soccer is king are coming here to learn. Yeah. Uh, 
So it, yeah. I, I love hearing, I love hearing uh, st- stories like yours talking about how much, you know, you just, you love what United Soccer Coaches is doing and, and how that's really uh, gotten you to, to where you're at now. Yeah. And I think, and I think what it comes down to is, especially United Soccer Coaches, obviously US Soccer have really kind of developed their licensing and their kind of curriculums over the past few years. But going back to United Soccer Coaches, I think what they do is they cater just to the average dude oh yeah guy, oh, yeah woman you know and you know and it's really helped you know someone like myself that's constantly grinding you know constantly looking to you know better my life and my family's life and have that quality of life and you know it, it's hard to just get up and pay thousands of dollars and just go away for a week yeah you know, it's hard to just get twice up and, twice yeah, now. yeah it's hard to just get up and fly to another country and do this so you know someone like myself that's just constantly grinding to to pay the bills and better myself and better my family's situation and keep kicking on and keep growing. You know, it, it, I think United soccer coaches, they, they, they've, they, what they've done is they've given a platform that's there's flexibility. Um, you know, there's opportunity. It, it's a personable approach. So it's something that I was drawn towards, um, you know, a few years ago, I think it was around about 2011 when I first start, started doing it all, because, you know, for me at the time, it wasn't about, shooting for the stars necessarily and kind of you know going to work at the very very highest of levels you know at the time it was about literally jumping through the hoops and that was all down to having the right mentors to kind of keep me grounded and keep me on the reins and not let me kind of get ahead of myself you know yeah that's why i, I love the united star coaches just because of I'll, I'll never forget um two summers ago doing my advanced national course and the very first thing the professor told us was you know, while we're not you, the United States Federation and we're not giving you A licenses and B licenses, C licenses, stuff like that, we are basically like the driver's training, basically. I, that's word for word. Yeah. We're the driver's training because if you say to yourself like, hey, I want to go get a C license. Well, taking this course is going to prepare you for that. And if you struggle with this course, then you know that you you might struggle with the C course. And that gives you something to work for. So yeah. I like that. And they and I love that approach. It's that like that family type approach of like, hey, like we're here to help you compared to other courses and things that I've done where it was like, you know, cutthroat. You got to do what you got to do. Uh, don't worry about everybody else because you're just trying to make the best for yourself. It was such like a, uh, an environment that was uh, helpful to coaches. You know, all of us got connected in our class and we all were helping each other out. Nobody was looking down upon anybody. Nobody was, you know, joking about someone else just because they made, you know, they were a dad coach yeah. who was, uh, you know, ha- just happened to be coaching a club team that was playing in uh, some high division and needed this license for it. Just everybody was all together. And I think what you said about United Soccer Coaches uh, in the last couple of answers there is probably the best advertisement they have. Uh, and I, I, we're going to submit this to them so that way they can, uh, they can use it. But I think it's cool how you just, you know, you love what they do. And now, you know, going to, when you do, uh, go to the Irish FA and tip there, I'm waiting for you to raise your hand in the middle of that class. Like, uh, you know, that's not what they say in America. Um, yeah. that's not how we do this. <laughs> well, uh, you know, well, the funny thing is, is like I, I say, you know, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer in coaching development and doing your licensing because it yeah. shows you that you're willing to keep learning and, and keep challenging yourselves. But at the same and time... And it shows that you're willing to spend a lot of money that you yeah, can use on something but, else. But at the same time, Sean, I don't think it defines you. You yeah. know, um, I, I think that there is extremely good coaches out there and good educators out there that don't have 
you know, the, the highest licensing in the world, that don't have the top three highest license in the world, but they're extremely good coaches because they've got personality and they can relate to players and they're organised. Um, and I think, you know, sometimes when you look at the US soccer licensing, you know, it doesn't always match up with the life of a college coach. You know, when you look at these courses and when they're put on and how long they are and how, how much they cost, you know, working at the programmes that I've worked where you kind of like, play a major role where you kind of needed quite daily, um, you know, and there isn't major massive budgets that can pay for this, you know, you're kind of on your own a little bit. So, you know, I, I am a big believer in coaching development, but I don't think it defines you. I think it's something that shows that you're willing to keep learning. But I also think that it, it doesn't say that you're a good coach or a bad coach. I think it's just another tool in the toolbox, in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. And like, one of the things that we're kind of interested in now, too, is like, how did your journey get to ETSU? Like, how did you meet Coach Casper? And like, where did where did that relationship start to the point where you're, it looks like his first assistant and recruiting coordinator? Yeah, yeah so it, it was quite interesting, really. Um, you know, I was, I was working at Tusculum University as the associate head coach um, and, you know, going, returning back to Tusculum in 2015. Um, you know, I went into a Division Two program where we compete in the SAC, you know, with the Wingates, the Lincoln Memorials, the Carson Newmans, a very tough Division Two conference where, you know, as up to 2018, you know, Tusculum won three SAC championships in, in five seasons. You know, we, we did very well. Uh, we saw a lot of success, um, you know, and at the time, you know, I had a very good friend who was working um, at ETSU, David Lilly, who's now the head coach at Milligan. Um, we're both Milligan grads. Um, and then Scott Calabrese, who's at UCF, um, have a great relationship with him because I used to coach all the ETSU players in the summers for Super 20 and MPSL. So I'd have like 10 guys from ETSU, you know, five for Super 20 and five for MPSL for a few years. You know, so building those relationships with Scott and then David Lilly and Bo, you know, when and Bo went to Dartmouth, you know, when when that job came open and Casper got the job, um, you know, I just got a phone call. And, and basically it was like, you know, do, does you and your, your, your wife want to come and meet me for a steak dinner and, and discuss, you know, this opportunity? I was like, yeah, sure. You know, let's do it. Um, I actually never met Coach Casper. I never met him before. Um, and he basically had a lot of kind of people put my, my name across to him because I've been in East Tennessee. We was quite successful at Tusculum, you know, where we've competed on a good level. Uh, I've kind of been in and around Tennessee. I know every player there is to know in Tennessee um, and, and in this region, you know. So there was a lot of people kind of rooting for me, supporting me. Um, and then obviously my wife now, she actually played at ETSU. So there was a relationship uh, there as well. So, you know, when Casper called me, um, and he took the job. I kind of shortly got there just after. Um, and obviously we took over a winning program, you know, that won two, two SOCON championships back to back. Bo moved on um, after success there. We took over a team um, and had a fantastic season. You know, we took our RPI um, quite, uh, quite high, you know, and Casper was very good to me. And, you know, ETSU was always a university that... Um, I, all, I was always around the players and the coaches there. You know, that program was was very close to my heart because I was very good friends with all the past coaches. I've known all the players since that program started 10, 11 years ago, since day one. 
you know. So I kind of knew that university and that program better than most, you know. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And I think it's cool because, I mean, it's funny. I would be, I'm also interested if, because Cam, uh, the other assistant, has been like kind yeah. of a regular for us on uh, soccer chat every week too, like with our yeah. like weekly chats and stuff. And so it's kind of cool because like now we'll get like, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a program that we obviously have to root for now. And it's, it's a, it's, it's pretty fortunate that, uh, you came on the week after you guys played Asheville because, uh, Clifton Bush is obviously a, a big friend of the show, but you yeah. also yeah. get to play, uh, coach Chris hot Thompson with, uh, VMI later in the season. So now our, our loyalties are definitely going to be a little uh, ESPN look. plus famous Chris. Hot Thompson. <laughs> We're no, gonna, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, no, that's We're awesome. Gonna, Obviously, Cam, Cam, Cam joined us. Um, Cam Soro joined us as kind of like um, one of the assistants and goalkeeper coach. And he's kind of just kicking off his coaching career right now and doing an amazing job. So we're very happy to have him for sure. Yeah, no, we were like, honestly, our allegiances are like the that's the problem with doing the show is like now we have way too many allegiances. So like when they play each other, it's just like. We just got to root for a good soccer game, you know? Yeah. No, you uh, don't. Sure. No, you don't. We don't have to root for nobody. Who was it last year I refused to root for, even though they were friends of ours? It was Marissa Kresge. The entire yeah. Season. And, and Knox too. It was not, it was Knox in Wisconsin. Oh yeah. Cause uh, <laughs> he didn't send you a t-shirt. Yeah. And, and your boy Connor uh, from Beloit told me, uh, let's see about a month ago. Hey, it's in the mail. Um, Still have yet to got that, so I may not be rooting for Beloit this year against you, Nick. Uh, I, I mean, really? I mean, if you want to send me a shirt before awesome. he does, <laughs> I feel like I feel like I'm. I feel like we've had enough of a relationship where like a t-shirt is not worth more, or our friendship is worth more than the t-shirt, Sean. And you, you apparently don't know me that well. <laughs> But uh, uh everyone, everyone loves a free t-shirt though, right? Yeah, no, yeah. no joke. Gosh, that's, um, that's my entire life. But yeah, like what do you got like how's this season looking for you guys? What do you look most looking forward to? Yeah, no, so obviously, you know, e, you know, ETSU, it's a state school, right? So um, you know, we just started back classes today. Um the so the SOCON's just kind of a bit crazy right now, right? We had like what, five, six new head coaches, right? Um, you know, so the SOCON looks completely different this year. Um, you've got all these programs of new head coaches, um, you know, great pedigrees, great backgrounds. Um, so I've got I've got a good feeling that, you know, the, the level's going to um, probably be a little bit higher over the next two seasons. Um, we feel good, you know, uh, with a preseason just ended um, on Saturday. So we leave Thursday, we're going to play VCU and ODU to open up the season. So, you know, I think for us, it's about progressing forward as a program integrating our new guys with our returners um you know keep building and fighting for our culture every day and obviously just enjoying our soccer what it, what are some of the things that you guys have really been stressing with your culture these first few weeks yeah so you know coach casper's done an unbelievable job kind of really kind of getting his message down you know um you know we have our three pillars are kind of positivity discipline and looking after each other so you know we we do a lot of kind of leadership sessions and and kind of back and forth conversations on what it means to to be a leader and to be disciplined and to have each other's back and how to kind of live that daily you you know so um i think the message for us is you know yes we're a mid-major um you know but we want to compete and play at the pinnacle of division one soccer 
Um, and that means we've got to do more with less. And that means we've got to dig our heels in and fight every day um, to give us that kind of extra percentage of what we don't have that other programs that might have, you know? Yeah. Wait, do you like, is that something that your girls are able to kind of like identify with and really use as like almost like fuel where it's like, Hey, we might not have all the resources that a power five does there, but yeah. it's like, we're going to be like, we're going to be that team that's just kind of gritty and we're going to get it done. We don't need everything to do it. Well, it's interesting because like I work in a program that's like 10 and 11 years old. It's, it's one of the youngest programs in the country. And, wow. I did not you know, know it was that young. Yeah. And it's, it's had three head coaches. The first head coach is Scott Calabrese. that has been at UCF. The second head coach is Bo. That's now at Dartmouth and then Casper from Kentucky. So, you know, it's been a winning program. It, it's definitely produced and done very well um, in the region. Um, you know, so for us, um, you know, we we need to, you know, we don't try and we're not trying to reinvent the wheel. You know, we took over a program um, that had a lot of great foundations laid already. Um, so it's just kind of a, a matter of kind of lining our pockets a little bit and, and putting our footprint on it and kind of keeping the momentum with the recruiting going um, and staying loyal to the Tennessee player um, and obviously getting that core of internationals um, as well is key as well to compete, especially within our conference. But, you know, we, if you look at our strength of schedule last year, it was high as number two. We opened up against UNC and Wake last year. You know, we're not scared to play the big boys. It's a great experience. We're very grateful for the opportunity. Um, but like I said, you know, we dig our heels in and, and we fight for our culture every day and, and we try and get our, on the field and, and, and we're fit and we're organized and, um, you know, we, we need players that are willing to run basically. Um, That's what it comes down to is have you got the players that are going to run for you? Yeah, no, that's awesome. And like, I mean, like we're obviously very, very excited to watch the games going forward. You guys have a few coming up, so hopefully they're also on TV that I can watch. That's a great thing about like how everything has been developed, especially in the division one game now, like where it's, way easier for the everyday fan like me to watch a ton of like soccer games around the country every single night yeah no it's it's amazing like it's just completely you know kicked off right you know you've got like espn plus now that's shown all these games you know you've got nbc that's completely taken you know everything to another level you know um college soccer is only kind of getting better as far as kind of getting more games online and, and broadcasted. Um, and, I, and I really do feel that just around the country in general, you know, there's more and more supporters clubs popping up. There's more and more people kind of getting into the game. Um, so like you said, like, I don't think there's a problem now trying to watch soccer at, at any level, you know? Yeah, no. And it is, it's, it's very cool. I'm looking forward to catching a game and watching now that I have a few ties to, to the team it'll be pretty fun but one of the things I we kind of want to talk to you about obviously you kind of have a, a pretty cool journey where you started almost essentially right after what like when you when you graduate and you got into coaching right away yeah. and have experience at a lot of different levels like what are some of the things that you're passionate about with the game right now like what are some things that really like drive the things that you love about soccer yeah no so I, f- I think uh you know kind of getting thrown at the deep end quite early in my coaching career um you know and and just embracing it really and just kind of going with it 
Um, like I said, I'm a big believer in coaches, you know, that are okay with being an assistant coach, that, em that embrace the role of being an assistant. Um, I think at the end of the day, I think for you to become a, a very good head coach, it's effective, um, that can kind of put a, a product out in the field that's consistent over year to year. I think you need to really kind of understand what it means to do the grind of an assistant. Um, I think that's important. You know, um, you know, so I think my goal right now is my passion is just completely doing my job the best I can every day. Um, not being OK with just being an assistant, not being comfortable because I work at the Division One level. Um, you know, there's some coaches out there that become head coaches within two years. Some become head coaches within five years. You know, I, I've really kind of embraced that number two role for nearly a decade now. Um, and even though I've been a head coach at certain levels, you know, I've learned that it's okay to em embrace that role of being an assistant and, and serving your head coach and, and playing a big role in helping a program. So my passion right now is not being okay with just being average. Keep pushing because I think, you know, my opportunity is not too far away. It's just around the corner. So, you know, my passion is basically having coaches like Cam Soro uh, around me and basically saying to him you know you, you've got such a bright future ahead of you you know you're doing all these great things you're making sacrifices you're jumping through the hoops you know and and I think that type of grind and that type of mindset's really going to set him up for a lot of success down the line you know yeah no absolutely like what what is like some advice that you would give some younger coaches growing I mean you're not that old yet either but some some coaches that are really trying to get started and get into like the the beginning ranks of coaching what's maybe some things that you would like would tell them as like in hindsight now that you've went through it yourself yeah exactly so like i'm kind of in my mid-30s right now so i'm still learning i'm still you know considered a, a younger coach if i'm honest so you know someone that's kind of kick-starting their career being a ga um and, and kind of looking for those full-time opportunities I think the first thing is you've got to find a good mentor. You've got to find somebody that's going to really kind of point you in the right direction and keep you grounded and keep you on the reins because I think it's very easy, especially in today's um, game, is to really try and look to be elevated very quickly. Um, you know, and, and that's okay if the opportunities are there and you can't turn these jobs down because finances dictate a lot. But the first thing I'd say is find someone that you can really kind of cling on to and learn from daily um, and that goes from just conversations on the phone and face-to-face -face conversations and someone that you can bounce ideas off make mistakes and kind of have someone there to turn to I think it's important for everybody to have a mentor um, instead of kind of working blindly you know so that's the first thing I think the second thing is always finding a balance between having a professional life and a personal life um, you know I've seen I've been in the game long enough now um, to, to see a lot of coaches kind of lose sight of, of the importance of how much fam, how important family is, you know. So I think for me, number two is, you know, finding a balance, you know, understanding that, you know, we're only human at the end of the day. We, we, we coach a game that we love, um, but you need to understand that, you know, find that balance between family um, and work. Um, and if, if you can find that balance, and, and make sacrifices on both ends, I think you're going to be a lot happier. 
Yeah, no, that's awesome. Who are some of like the mentors that you've had and what's maybe some of the best advice that they gave you through this process? Yeah, so like I said, I, I worked, um, you know, for a guy, uh, Derek Broad, who's now the technical director at Charleston Battery. And, you know, he, he, he he's, he's a tough guy, you know, he's, he sometimes he's not an easy guy to work for, but he was very good at what he did, uh, worked at fantastic levels. And I think, you know, the things that he'd always um, prepare me for was kind of always making sure that you're aware of your surroundings, always making sure that you're tuned in. Um, and all, and and I think one of the best things that I ever took from him was make sure that you always got explanations and justifications. You know, don't ever try and get into conversations with parents and players and other coaches if you can't back it up um, with facts or or explanations or justifications. Always make sure that you've got the knowledge to stand on your own two feet and, and back up your opinion in the game and and back up your philosophy within the game as well. That's awesome. And like with you, like what's kind of like the what's what's the ultimate goal? What would be like the the ideal job that you get you get to do in the game? Yeah. So I, I think right now, I think, um, you know, the, the road, the roadmap that I follow, the journey that I followed, I think it's definitely set me up um, to, to eventually be a head coach. You know, I, I think I truly can put my hand on heart and say, I've had opportunities to become a head coach um, at the D2, D3 level. Um, I've had opportunities to go and coach a DA team, um, different parts of America, but sometimes it just doesn't work. It doesn't match up uh, financially, doesn't match up with with family life. So I feel like I've done a really good job um, kind of putting the brakes on and saying, listen, I want to be a head coach, but that's just not the job for me. You know, I'm not going to take a program that's maybe got two scholarships that's no full-time assistance that's just going to be a complete grind um, and might be a, a dead-end job, right? So I've, I think I've been very patient to the point where, you know, I'm, I'm definitely ready to be a head coach and, and kick on. Um, but it's about patience and it's about preparing myself for that opportunity. So my ultimate goal is obviously to be a, a, a head coach um, at the Division One. But I'm also going to be able to say that I'm, a, you know, be a head coach at the Division Two level because I love that smaller environment where it's a little bit more um, blue collar and less corporate and a little bit more personable, you know. Yeah, no, and that that sounds awesome. And like, really, like for like for you, like, what are some of the things that you kind of are going to do for your own development over the next? I mean, you obviously have already done a ton with all the stuff you mentioned earlier with the United soccer coaches yeah. and everything, but what are some of the things that you're going to look to do with your own development over the next year or so? Yeah. So like the first thing is um, I'm, I'm a big believer of um, not only coaching division one college soccer, but I always try and take some type of role within the, the youth community. Right. So um, having the opportunity to work with youth players to kind of have that opportunity to, to keep yourself um, you know, amongst the, the youth of our game, you know, coaching ECNL players at my local club, um, still learning, you know, learning from the players, learning from the youth game as well, where, you know, where you can try sessions out and work on things and then take it back to the college game. I think over the next year, it's about, for me, it's about fulfilling that, that coaching course, um, you know, obviously with the Irish FA, you know, really kind of trying to get on top of that and kind of get that closed out. Um, but also, 
having conversations like this with people, you know, um, I, I always like getting on the phone when I'm on the, on the road, you know, just picking the phone up and asking questions to people, you know, that might not have, you know, been coaching as long as me, but they're, they're, they're very intelligent and they've got a great mind in the game. So I think over the next year, it's about just keeping on the grind, understanding the grind, um, you know, better myself, maybe listening to, to podcasts a little bit more, maybe picking up a book and, and reading a, a couple of more books um, that's kind of going to broaden my horizon a little bit. And then obviously, you know, just kick on because I'm about to take on a season, right? You know, I've got a Division One season ahead of me, so I'm sure I'm going to come out the other end, blood, sweat and tears, a few more grey hairs and kind of uh, learn a lot, you know, so... That's, I mean, that's, I think that's, I think that's pretty universal. I think everyone, everyone's just trying to survive this year for sure. Um, exactly, exactly. But cool. No, and I mean, again, for you, like, is there really anything that, like, oh, I guess I, the question I got, are you going to be at a convention this year? Do me and Sean get to meet you in person? Oh, I, Sean already met Sean's him. already met him. Yeah. yeah, so I met Sean at the exact camp over the summer, um, you know, and, uh, the, the convention is definitely something that's that's on the on this on the schedule for sure um you know been to a few now um but this one is definitely one that i'd like to go to i've not been to i, I didn't go to the one last year it didn't work out with my family so this year is definitely something that i want to go to because i know that there's so many changes that right now happening within usl and major league soccer and the youth scene within USL and the youth scene within Major League Soccer and just the courses in general and and catching up with all the, my contacts overseas for recruiting purposes and stuff like that. So, you know, the convention is definitely something that I'd like to achieve for sure. Yeah. With uh, with soccer chat, as you know, from listening and 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 being part of the the Twitter chat and and whatnot, uh, you know, one of the things that we want to do is we we try to open up the discussion with other coaches. So I, I know that uh, when you and I had talked, you know, for you it was all about getting with younger coaches who are wanting to to you know, get to that next level and, and whatever you can do yeah. to help other coaches who are out there. So, you know, how can, how can people get a hold of you, whether it's email, Twitter, phone, whatever, maybe how can, uh, how can people get in contact with you? Yeah. So obviously, um, my, my email address is on the, on the website for ETSU. Um, you know, I, I've got Twitter. I don't have Facebook, but I've got Twitter, um, coach Josh Scott on, on Twitter. And then obviously my ETSU email address, um, you know, I'm very, very open to this type of stuff. You know, I, I live my life always looking to, to to gain knowledge and to speak to people and, and to socialize and be a people person. And, you know, for me, you know, like you said, Nick, you know, it's, it's very much universal, you know. Um, at the end of the day, we're coaching a game and we're all looking to try and achieve the same thing at the end of the day. Um, it doesn't matter what level you work at. We're, we're, we're humans at the end of the day and we're, we're grinding, we're trying to provide. So, anybody that wants to reach out and have a chat and, and if I can help them or they can help me, then I'm all for it, man. You know, my address is on the ETSU website and I've got Twitter. So from uh, East Tennessee state university assistant coach, Josh Scott, thank you so much for coming on with us. We want to wish you guys uh, the best of luck this fall as you get your season underway. And we look forward to keeping up with your team. Cause I'm sure that Nick will now be sporting your colors uh, and, and keeping tracks of, of how you guys do. Cause he is our, he's our resident. Uh, he's like our Adam Schefter. Like he keeps his, keeps his eyes on all the games of, of all the people that, uh, that we have on the show. Uh, so I'm sure uh, there'll be something coming on where uh, your name's going to pop back up. Cause Nick's going to say, Hey, I was watching ETSU. 
and I saw Coach Scott on TV. That that VMI game is definitely uh, is on my calendar right now because uh, you versus the the Chris Hot Thompson is going to be it will be a good battle. That I'm excited about. <laughs> oh, Chris no, Hot no, that's Thompson! Awesome. Yeah, no, again, like I really appreciate you guys, and obviously, just you know, just want to kind of give you guys a shout out. What you're doing, I think, is amazing. You know, the podcast have really kicked off. You know, um, over the past kind of year to eighteen months, so. What you guys are doing, if you realise it or not, you, you're definitely helping people. You really kind of give people the opportunity to kind of, uh, you know, approach the game from a different angle. So I really appreciate everything that you guys are doing, you know. Oh, man, we thank you. We thank you. It's it's your stories. It's all the stories that we've had them before. That's what makes a show. It, it's neither Nick nor I because we prove every week that we are garbage uh, <laughs> at, at, at what we do. We're just here to, uh, to take... Uh, just to promote other people rather than ourselves. But thank you so much for coming on, Josh. Your story is amazing, and I can't wait to uh, to hear the feedback that people have from the show. Yeah, no, awesome, awesome. I look forward, look forward to following you guys. I wish you guys all the best. Um, you know, uh, keep keep doing well with Soccer Chat, and I'll hopefully uh, meet you soon, Nick, and hopefully see you again, Sean. Take care. Again, that was another pretty cool interview. I love when we get connections of people that we've also met through other soccer chat people. Like we, I don't think we, you didn't get Josh obviously through Cameron, but it's always cool that like our world is becoming smaller and smaller with the amount of people that we are able to know and interview every single year. And Josh was no different. It's just hearing your experience with him over the summer and everything that you got to do with him and talk with him and then also getting to go through his experience of just kind of the way he's made his way through the the coaching world both being with club with college and everything in between was pretty cool yeah and you know he had reached out to us uh before the summer about uh wanting to wanting to come on the show um and you know at the time we were crazy book but you know we we were able to make it make him uh make time for him to get on and i love that uh in in waiting to to record with Josh, I had the opportunity to go meet him, and that was and that made it even more fun uh, to talk to me. It's not that when we talk to people, we don't know that's not fun. It is fun, uh, but when you, I think for us, when we get to know that person, just a, even if it's just for a couple hours uh, before we do uh, before we record, it does uh, help us out a little bit. But Josh has got a great story. Uh, I just love that somebody from across the seas finds their way in Eastern Tennessee. And, you know, learns the ways of Southern hospitality and has just absolutely fallen in love with it. He was just just awesome to talk to, to be honest. He had he had a ton of uh, like just energy. And again, he's I'm kind of jealous that you've gotten to meet him. I haven't actually had the chance to meet him yet in person, but uh, I'm excited for the chance when I actually get to because he, he just seems like he's doing just such an awesome job. And I mean, it's. They, it looks like they have a lot going for them at that program at uh, East Tennessee. And now, I mean, I, I, I'm, it's another team, like I say all the time, that we get to watch throughout the entire thing. And I'm going to get to watch him play Chris Hot Thompson later in the year. I have that, that, that game marked on my schedule. And so, no, it should be a ton of fun. I, uh, I, I have a feeling that when it's all said and done, you're going to be a fan of all the soccer teams. I mean, that's the only – eventual outcome of all this <laughs> how are you going to be able to watch all those games it honestly is really conflicting now because like i like every there's so many games where i watch now where it's like i 
can't root against either of these teams. So it's like you're rooting for both coaches, but it's like how do you root for both teams simultaneously? It's it's really difficult. That makes uh, that makes a lot of sense, and and this means nothing right now. But I just uh, wiped ice cream in my eye. I don't know why, but um, it happened. How was it? Uh, it uh, d- doesn't feel good. Does not feel good. Um, yeah. yeah, I it's when we have the opportunity to uh, to get to know these coaches and we get to know their teams. Like I'm I'm a massive fan of Delta College now. Uh, after talking to Adrian last weekend, oh, and I was yeah. a fan of them before we even knew who Adrian was, like, like I said, just from following their social media accounts and seeing, seeing what they're producing and, and just getting into that story. Now knowing Adrian now, you know, getting to know her story. I am the biggest charger soccer fan, uh, on outside of Stockton, California. Uh, and, and the same as you, all these teams that, that were, uh, we're watching, or that we uh, were talking to the coaches, we're going to uh, to get to get to see them play. And I'm actually pretty pumped about um, a coach who I met this summer, uh, who I'm really, really, really trying to get on the show. Um, that uh, I, I got to get to know a little bit uh, in my time in North Carolina. Um, Robbie Church, uh, the head coach at Duke University, uh, pretty pumped because uh, surprising Quinny, um, we are going to go watch Duke and Louisville play. Uh, she's pretty pumped about that and, uh, I'm excited as well. So hopefully, uh, maybe we'll take the, uh, the old camera and do a soccer chat vlog of, of me and, and the Quinny, uh, at her first college soccer game. That would be awesome. I got to make sure she doesn't run on the field. That's the number one. That's the I number one priority. We are, go. <laughs> we are, we are front row with our seats are like right beside the visitors uh, dugout or bench, whatever they have at uh, Louisville stadium. And I just hope that there's like a fence or something there. Cause if not, I know for a fact she's going back. I've got a Duke soccer shirt on. I'm a player and she's going to run out there and I'm, I'm fearful of this. Kind, kind of off that. It was actually really cute at the central game. I was at on Monday I, there was, I was central as like a really nice set of bleachers right on the hill. And so I was talking with everyone. I was the last person to leave. Obviously my, me, I'm walking kind of across the field by myself. And this little girl, like, like looked like, like I'm like 10 or 11 years old. It starts walking towards me with her dad, but she was wearing a Dutch shirt, like a central shirt. And I was like, I, I know, I know her, but I think she might be like walking for like the central people. And she starts like, I kind of like veered to the left and like she and her dad kind of veered towards me and she walks up to me. She's like, Hey coach, I don't know if you remember me, but I'm Lizzie and you coached me at the university of Iowa camp this summer. And she's like, oh, I, super I, I, cool. It was awesome. Her, uh, her club coaches apparently told her to like, go watch more college soccer game or more soccer in general. And so her dad, like when they saw that central was playing out, she's from Pella which is the town central's in. She's like, isn't that your coach from Iowa camp? And she's like, yeah, yeah, that was, that was coach Nick. And so like, she came out, gave me a big hug after the game. Like it was that like, honestly made that, like that was cooler (laughs) than the result. I think it was just being able to go and like have a kid that you taught over the summer that like wanted to come watch you coach. That was absolutely, absolutely. Well, fortunately, lucky for me, no one wants to come watch me coach so that's that's a lot uh, <laughs> no it's true it's true um so i this just popped up on my twitter feed and i feel i i we need to discuss this real quick uh before we get out of here but uh shout out rob thomasek 
the uh, Wartburg assistant, uh, giving us a nice little like on fate on uh, on Twitter. What did he do? He gave us a nice little like for our video. Oh well, thank you, Rob. He's he's a great guy. That is, that guy. I, I was gonna say kid. He's not a kid. Um, he's a kid. He's just a boy. He's, he's just a he's, boy. He's a sprite. He's a sprite young. Uh, sprite young coach. What do you what do you call? What do you used to call Grizzled me? Grizzled young vet. Grizzled young vet. He is. Like, when you go recruiting, you sit next to that guy. He knows everything about every kid everywhere. Like he's yeah. like, oh yeah, yeah. She's talking to this coach, this coach, this coach. She's plays on this. I mean, that guy is more like I thought I knew stuff, and Ian Wilson knew stuff. I think Ian's got a a good run for his money with Rob. Rob was awesome. I got to work with him this summer. And uh, I always love when people walk up to me and they either see like the logo on my shirt or they may see like something with my name on it. And the first thing that they say is, hey, um, so, you know, Nick Rizzo. And it's (laughs) like, yes, yes, I do. And he's like, yeah, you're the soccer chat guys. I'm like, yes, 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 we are. Uh, But Rob's awesome. I just it just popped up on a notification that uh, he liked uh, liked our tweet. So I just want to give him a shout out. So, uh, so yeah, um, by the way, uh, Nick, happy belated birthday. Your birthday was yesterday. I am so happy that you're awake. Uh, I know it was a struggle to get up this morning, but, uh, 32 is treating you pretty good so far. Yeah, no, I mean, I definitely had a good day today. I mean, there's actually, I had a girl, I was so, I, we had a girl call me and commit last night and she sent me a text like, like she goes hey coach do you mind if i call you in 20 minutes and i was like yeah for sure and i know she's down to us in one other school i was a d2 school kind of by us i turned to my roommate because i'm sitting just eating pizza with him and i go i know she follows all of our stuff on social media she for sure knows it's my birthday if she calls to tell me that she's going to another school on my birthday like that's just cruel and uh she actually called to tell me that she's coming to our school which is uh, it was actually a good birthday, brother. But like she told me, like she on the phone, and she's like, "Hey, like coach, I just wanted you know I'm super excited. I want to be, I want to be a fighting Scott." I go honestly, if you would have told me the other thing, because I know you saw the birthday announcement thing, I would have been so angry. <laughs> and so she's <laughs> she's such a great kid. But I was that was a really fun way to celebrate my birthday yesterday. And uh, we're we're thankful that you're alive. I know that uh, turning 32 can be hard, but you, I know that was- you are still. Uh, you're still on the lookout for that magic potion to keep you at 32. Yeah, no, I, I, I just keep looking at like players that are older than me and I'm just like, I at least got four more years where I can like move around a little bit. So I'm, I'm feeling like, I just like compare myself to like a James Milner. I'm like, you know, I like, he's, he's older than me and he's still doing fine. Like I, I could still play soccer. I'm good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that sounds like a good oh. note to end on. Uh, if somebody wants to chat with you about uh, maybe they've got that magic potion to stay 32 or they just uh, want to uh, to send you the ways to be able to stay uh, active. Uh, actually, you know what? That, that makes I, this guy that I work with at, uh, at the school, um, guy's named Gary. I, I love the name Gary. Uh, Gary's in his like he's a he's a like, he's a former teacher. He retired and now he's just a, he's just an assistant. Um, Gary decided at the age of 50 to start doing uh iron man's good for gary he was not like he's he told me like he wasn't an athlete in high school or college or anything and just one day was like you know what i'm gonna do a marathon and trained for it at the age of 50 and did his first marathon like soon thereafter and he's done like a ton ever since i'm like god what is wrong with me good for that guy gary gary's Gary's also the name of our 
our janitor at Mammoth, who's like one of my favorite people. So I, I'm a big fan of all all guys named Gary because of that guy. That as well. That as well. Shout out to Gary Kearney. And if we're going to talk about Gary, we got to talk about Gary too. But uh, yeah, just every <laughs> Gary. I mean, that's I'm two for two on Gary's that I know that are just fantastic people. But, uh, you know, join the conversation every single Wednesday night on Twitter at 930 p.m. Eastern time. Follow the hashtag soccer chat or follow our Twitter account at chat at chat soccer. S-O-C-C-R. We're also on Facebook, also on Instagram, all with the same username. All you got to do is just plug that in and you will see our profiles. Nick, if somebody's went to uh, chat with you on the Twitter, how can they do so? The best way to reach me is at Coach N. Rizzo. What about you, brother? Did you just have to look that up? No, I simultaneously got a text when I you asked me that question, and it like threw me off. Okay. I was going to say, if we're back to that stage where you've got to look it up, we we're, we're, we got some issues. Mine is at Coach Soldering. As we said earlier, if you're going to be in Baltimore at the United Soccer Coaches Convention, make sure to stop by. Say hello to us at Podcast Row. Come watch a show. Uh, if you've got uh, maybe your company is hosting a social or something and you want Soccer Chat to be involved, slide into our DMs. They're completely open. Let us know, and we will make arrangements to, uh, to be a part of your social at the United Soccer Coaches Convention in Baltimore. Shouts to our friends over at Dutick brand like we said use the promo code soccer chat to get a discount on your coaching accessory needs so make sure to use soccer chat as your promo code at checkout at dutigbrand.com our friends over at torx big shout out to them have you seen dan and aaron's new house on their instagram they, uh, they live by this farm and it's incredible i have not yet but i probably should check that out lot of amazing animals that they that they are now neighbors with t-o-r-r-x find it online torx.com it's the greatest ball pump if you've bought one and yet to have sent them an amazon review do it now as you're listening to this our friends over at torx are amazing they give us a lot of promotion we give them a lot of promotion we want everybody to join team torx also big shout out to our guys over at soccer iq bringing you the tactical things you need to quiz your teams uh they've got great great ideas and sessions and 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 situations for your teams to look over that you can quiz them on uh kind of like mind brain games uh for your soccer teams so check them out soccer iq one over on twitter uh fantastic job by coach ellis riley and the boys over there wow what a week it's been it's been nick's 32nd birthday soccer season's just begun Quinny's got her first game on Saturday and we're coming back to convention. Wow. <laughs> Guess we get to uh, do the old loop de doop and say, hey, you know what the best part about all this is? We get to do it again next week. He's Nick. I'm Sean. Nick, we'll catch you later. See you later, brother.